Well, welcome. We've been covering the series on the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And I have the privilege of speaking on patience, right? We love patience. We talk about patience. Some of us say, don't pray for patience, right? We've talked about if you ask for patience, you get what? Troubles. Troubles, tribulations. And so I want to put a different spin on it today, and maybe it'll help you understand the why, why this is part of our walk with Christ, what it looks like to be a follower of Christ, and what it means to have patience as part of the fruit of the Spirit. And so, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And that's Galatians 5.22. And I picked the New King James Version for a specific reason. It says peace, long-suffering. And so when I read the different varieties, variations, different um, scripture verses, some say patience, some say long-suffering. I like long-suffering, and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about suffering long. Because sometimes we read patience, right, and we say, I'm not patient. And you think about patience as waiting at the stop sign, waiting at a red light, waiting at the doctor's office, waiting at the grocery store. And we say, I'm not patient. I don't like to wait. I don't want to wait for this. I don't want to wait until the light turns green. I don't want to wait in this long grocery store. But I don't believe for one second that's the patience that the Word of God speaks about when it relates to the fruit of the Spirit. That would be too easy. It would be easy to think that that's the patience that's needed as a Christ follower, right? I think it's more than that. I think it's more long-suffering. I think it's learning to walk in the suffering long, waiting for something to happen that you've been waiting for for a long time, waiting to hear a response, an answer to something that you've waited for for a very long time. Patience, I looked up the definition of patience. It's long-suffering. It is the quality of being able to calmly endure suffering, toil, delay, vexation, or the like. It's suffering. It's patience sustaining pain. It's sustaining delay, persevering in long-continued work, expecting with calmness. In spite of everything else, expecting with calmness. Patience is produced in the waiting. And we spend our lives waiting, right? You spend your life waiting to retire. You spend your life waiting to graduate from high school. You spend your life maybe waiting for the perfect mate. We, We spend a lot of time waiting. And what's happening during that waiting will ultimately result on how we handle that time, right? How we handle that time of waiting. What does it look like? And it looks different for everyone. And so when we're talking about the fruit of the spirit, patience, I would ask you, what is it cultivating in you right now? What is it that you're waiting for? And what is it producing in your life as you wait? I want to share a story with you. Um, I watched it this past week. Um, My husband was watching a documentary um, on the Israeli desert. And it was about uh, cultivating plants, interestingly enough. And I wasn't paying attention. And then they began to speak and share. And my ears perked up. And I knew it was so God because it was such a perfect analogy for today. And it was back in 1982. There was a scientist in Israel. And she was doing some research on very powerful plants. What are some plants that have these healing powers specifically to cure cancer? So they had told her about the Aquila plant that was found in the desert, and it had some healing agents. So she took some of the plants, and she took it to a lab in Tel Aviv. And she had another scientist researching with her, and they said, this is amazing. 
This actually has a, a, a compound in it, a very powerful ingredient in it, a compound that was produced in this Aquila plant that actually fights off the cancer. So she was very excited, and she goes back, and she builds this ginormous greenhouse irrigation system, the works, and she wants to mass produce it because she's like, if this works, this is it. This is the key. This is all I have to do. This is going to be a miracle. This is going to work everything out. So she takes, she plants it, sets up the irrigation system, everything it needs to be in a comfortable setting so this plant can grow. Everything it needs, the water, the soil, everything it'll need to grow effectively and produce this compound that could potentially save millions and millions and millions of lives. So she takes and she mass produces it. She takes it back to the lab in Tel Aviv. And the scientist checks it out and he says, I'm sorry, how did you grow this? And she tells him in the greenhouse and he says, this, this plant doesn't have the healing component that the one in the desert had. See, the one in the desert produced a very powerful compound that was produced in the desert that can only be produced during harsh conditions. During those harsh conditions, this plant was able to produce this compound that has this power to fight off the cancer. And so it has to endure the harsh conditions of the desert. It has to endure all of those different seasons so that it can have what it needs to fight off the disease. And I don't know about you guys, as soon as I heard it, my ears perked up and I said to my husband, rewind that, I need to hear that again. Because I knew, I knew what God was saying. He was saying, listen, there's something I want to produce in your life. There's something that I need to do in your life. But the only way that it can be produced is in those harsh conditions. The only way that it will grow is in those difficult times. It's in the beating of the sun. It's in the harsh winds. It's when the times of difficulty come. It's going to produce something in you. And it can't be manufactured. We can't make patience. You can't, if you ever tried, you failed miserably. There's no such thing, right? And so when I read that, when I was watching that, I thought, that's us. That's us. We so quickly want to walk away and move away from the difficult times. We so quickly want to uproot ourselves when the difficult times come. And what happens is the good work that God wants to do in us is uprooted. The good work that he's trying to produce in us is being uprooted because every time we can't withstand the difficult times, we're removing ourselves from the situation that God wants to leave us in because he's working it out. He's working it out. And here's uh, the Bible verse that I want to share with you guys today. Um, just our, the main text. I have several scriptures I want to share today. But a main text is, but those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. There's something that happens in the waiting for us. There's something that we can't bypass because we'll miss it. You know, we're talking about the fruit in the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, and it says walk in the spirit. It doesn't say jump, right? It says walk in the spirit. You know, if we would jump, we would miss steps, right? We would miss the necessary steps to get us to the other side, and so often that's exactly what we want to do. 
We want to be able to take these leaps and bounds. And, and man, it's just so much easier if I didn't have to go through this. And life would be so much easier if I didn't have to go through that. And you're absolutely right. But that kind of work doesn't produce perseverance in your life. That kind of life doesn't help you endure. Difficulties will come. Hard times will come. And you're probably in a season right now of difficulties. You might be enduring a lot more than you ever thought you had to endure in your life. And in that waiting, God's trying to produce something within you. A powerful compound, a powerful agent within you, which is that patient endurance, which is that long suffering, which is for me, which I love this word, is suffering long. Because in this life, we will have trials. In this life, we will have difficulties. And what God is interested in producing in us is that patience, that long-suffering, that suffering long, is that forbearance that when the winds of life come, when the sun comes to beat you down, when it gets too hot to handle, like the desert, you can persevere. You can withstand. It's not about the red light. It's not about the stop sign. It's some heart work. It's something that he's producing inside of you. It's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Otherwise, it would be the flesh, and we could do it on our own. But by him allowing us those difficult circumstances in our lives, he's producing something so powerful within us that when all the storms of life come through, you're able to stand. You're able to persevere. And scripture teaches us that. And then he tells us, if you wait upon me, not only does he ask you to persevere, to endure, to suffer long, he says, but if you wait upon me, you will renew your strength. And so there's something in the waiting. And do you know what's in the waiting? He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. He never said you had to go at life alone. He never said you have to try to figure it out on your own. He's telling you, you will have long suffering. You will suffer long. You will have to forbear. Things will get hard. But he says, but I'm with you. And if you wait upon me, I will renew your strength. And for some of us here today, we're tired. We're tired. You think about some of the, the, the prayers you've had for a long time or, or even um, petitions or whatever. I was talking with my husband this week and I said, and even my kids and they're here, and I said, I've been praying over a situation in my life for 40 years. That's long. That's long. For 40 years, I've been praying over something in my life and I still haven't seen the response. But I'll tell you what it's produced in me perseverance. I know that my God can, and I know that my God will. So in the waiting, I will wait upon the Lord and renew my strength. When I'm waiting, I will find comfort in him. When I'm waiting, I will receive new strength from him. And so how long it takes for him to produce whatever he needs to produce in me, then yes and amen, because we are being perfected daily. See, the patience thing isn't to get you out of sorts. And to make you wait in a line. It's because he wants to do a good work in your life that will help you endure this Christian walk. Because the walk is long and arduous. There's days that it would be very easy to throw in the towel for any of us. But he says just persevere. Endure. And wait. And when we do, we renew our strength. It says in, in, in Hebrew, really what means to hope for is to anticipate. Waiting on the Lord means hopeful anticipation. Anticipation. Submission to the Lord's will 
and trusting in the Lord. And I love that. Submission to the Lord's will. Sometimes we want to circumvent a process because it doesn't feel good or God's taking too long. I don't like the way. I don't like this weight. He's taking too long, so I'm going to circumvent the process. And here's what happens. You're not under the Lord's submission anymore. When we submit to the Lord, we're saying, I trust you. When the circumstances are difficult, when we don't understand what's going on and we submit to the Lord, we're saying, you have authority over my life. You're sovereign over my circumstances, and I will exalt you. And inside of you, he's doing a good work. He's doing a powerful work in your life. It says in Psalms 37, 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Hebrews 12, 1 says, let us run this race with patient endurance. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We want to quit so easily. Every time things get hard, the Holy Spirit inside of us, again, it's the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to cultivate. Listen, when those trials come, the Holy Spirit wants to cultivate something inside of you. And what he's doing is something beautiful. You'll get to a point in your life that when the storms come and chaos is raging around you and everything around you feels like it's falling apart, there is such an inner peace that you can't explain it. A peace that passes all understanding. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It all coincides. Even when you're in those desert situations in your life, in those dry, arid places in your life, you will experience the love of Christ. You will experience peace. You will experience joy. And he'll give you the patience to endure those difficult times because it's the fruit of the Spirit that's being cultivated in your life. And if you uproot yourself, you will kill the work that God is doing inside of you. So often we want to uproot ourselves from difficult situations. And what ends up happening is that the good work that he started in you dies off. Because too soon, you uproot it. You uproot. There's this little hosta next to the side of my house. It's buried under another little tree. And every day when I walk into the driveway, I see it. It's tucked right into another little bush. And it's just smothered under there. But I'm afraid to uproot it because it's healthy. And if I uproot it, it might die. And so even though I don't like where it's placed, I don't need to move it. It's growing and it's healthy. And that's what matters. And this is real. That's actually real. <laughs> that's for real. And that's the same with us. You might not like where you're placed right now. It might not look like the right placement in your life. You might look at your life and say, this isn't where I thought I'd be when I was 21. Now I'm not 21. Now I'm not even 41. Maybe now I'm 61. You're not where you thought you would be. And so where you're placed right now doesn't seem right. But are you growing? Is he producing good fruit in your life? Because he is, don't uproot what he's doing. We're too quick to want to reposition things. We're too quick to want to quit. And that's why patience in our lives is so important. Because patience produces in us perseverance. We're called to persevere. We're called to continue to persevere, to walk 
in Christ, to continue to run this race, not to quit. But you'll always be a quitter if you always uproot yourself when difficulties come. You'll never produce good fruit in your life. The Holy Spirit will not be able to produce good fruit in your life if every time circumstances become difficult, we uproot ourselves. And that's why I love patience, long-suffering, suffering long. And, and, and God was so intentional with giving us that, telling us that you need it. This is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering, suffering long, get used to it. It's producing something in your life that you need for life. Something that you need. It's why we don't want to jump. We don't want to miss the necessary steps to get us to where God wants to take us. Because when you get there, you will fail. Right? Did you ever do that? Skip some steps? And you're like, oh, I should have. Man, I should have done that. I thought if I would do it this way, it would be easier and it would take less time. Right? And you're like, I messed it up. And that's true with our own lives, right? We want to kind of buck the system. We want to circumvent the process. We don't like pain. We don't like suffering. We don't like, and listen, we're not supposed to like it, but we are called to endure. You're not, you're not supposed to like it. That would be a little bizarre if you're like, I like to suffer. But we are called to endure. We are called to produce fruit. He says, if we don't, what happens? He says, every tree that does not bear fruit in me will be what? Cut off. And so we are called to produce fruit. Fruit that will last. Amen. I love this, and I, um, it's actually one of my favorite psalms. It's, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. We don't like to suffer. We, it's hard. It's hard to suffer. And he says, the psalmist says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He hears our cries. He's not exempt from our pain. He doesn't watch us from afar and say, look, long-suffering, they're suffering long. Wow. When we wait on him, he hears us. He's with us. He's promised to make a way. This isn't anything new. You read through Scripture, and all through Scripture, men and women of God waited. They waited upon the Lord. It was long-suffering. It was suffering long. We all, most of us know the story of Job. We know the story of Abraham and God's promises to Abraham and waiting. I think everyone knows the story of Noah. He waited a really long time for the flood. There's a lot of waiting in the Bible. But there's a lot of promises. There's a lot of promises for you and I today. That when we endure, we'll see the goodness of God. Long-suffering is training ground for a life of perseverance. I wrote that the other day. Not a book. I just wrote that. I was, I was thinking, and I was like, when I'm suffering, it's producing. It's training me for something. And I, I, I guess I want to shift your perspective of what it looks like to suffer, suffering long, long suffering. Because what it's producing in you is perseverance, a life of perseverance. Wouldn't you like nothing more than to persevere through this life? That every time the storms of life come, you have such a blessed assurance that Christ is for you and he is with you that doesn't matter the chaos that's going on around you, the peace of God inside of you is assuring you that he is with you. And so in those storms, in those trials, in these tribulations, in that long suffering, it is training ground for a life of perseverance. I want to share this quote with you guys. It's from J.C. Ryle. It's just powerful. And I don't want to go over it too quickly. 
and just really th- just take in the words, it's, it's, it says here, is not every fruitless professor of Christianity in dreadful danger of becoming a withered fig tree? There can be no doubt of it. So long as a man is content with the leaves of religion, with a name to live while he is dead, and a form of godliness without the power, so long his soul is in great peril. So long as he is satisfied with going to church or chapel and receiving the Lord's Supper, su- supper and being called a Christian, while his heart is not changed and his sins not forsaken, then he is daily provoking God to cut him off without remedy. Fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, is the only sure proof that we are savingly united to Christ and on our way to heaven. May this sink down into your hearts and never be forgotten. And I love those words because it is, it's this, the, the, the leaves of religion. I, after I read that, and I actually stumbled upon that as well, and I thought it's so easy to have the appearance of knowing Christ, to have the appearance of going to church, um, doing all the right things, knowing all the nice things to say. And, and, and we remember the analogy that the parable where Jesus cursed the fig tree because it had this appearance of health. It had this appearance of, of bounty, and yet it produced no fruit. And let that not be true of us. Let it not be true of us that on the outside it would appear that we got religion covered, that we have Sunday mornings covered, that we got tithing covered, but there's no fruit. Because what he wants to produce in our lives is fruit, fruit that will last, fruit that will take us into eternity. The leaves aren't any good. They're not going to help you endure. The things around us, they're going to come. The difficulties will come, but if you have the fruit of the Spirit, if you walk in the Spirit and you are allowing the Holy Spirit to produce good fruit, fruit that will last, when you're going through those difficult times, praise God for them. God, you are producing something so amazing in my life that I could have never done this in my flesh. If I was, if I was facing what I'm facing today on my own, I would fail. I'd quit. I would not be able to endure. But because of the good fruit that you've produced in me, the fruit of long suffering, I can withstand the storms and the trials of life. I can withstand the difficulties that have come my way. And so we have to decide, is my life filled with leaves? A lot of leaves, a lot of foliage, or is there fruit? Fruit that will last, fruit that will help us endure. My bottom line for today is great endurance and patience will lead us to a great inheritance. There is a great inheritance in waiting. There's a great inheritance when we are patient, when we suffer long. There's a great inheritance when we come under the Lord's submission and honor him, and honor his ways that are higher, that are better, that are greater. Colossians 1, 9 through 12 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. 
and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. There's a great inheritance for us when we wait. There's a great inheritance for you and I when we submit to God's authority and allow him to do the good work in our lives. It's not punishment. Rejoice. You'll be able to stand the trials of life. You'll be able to stand when the storms come. You'll be able to persevere when the world around you is falling apart because you've allowed him to do the good work in your life. It's not punishment. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit that he's told us over and over again, endure, be patient, persevere. He's encouraged us, stay the course, stay the course. And we think about, God, I've been waiting for so long, and God, I've been waiting for so long, and, and, and you don't answer, and you don't answer, and I don't hear a response. And here's what I would like to say to you today. Have we forgotten how patient God has been with us? God's been patient with us. God is patient with us. Sometimes we have to self-reflect, right? We want God to respond speedy, speedy response. We want quick responses. I prayed yesterday, no response today. And we put this pressure on the almighty creator. God, you didn't answer. That's why I walked away. And God is patient. And he waits. And he waits for you and I. And he speaks to us and he reveals himself to us and Scripture tells us in 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Friends, God is patient with us. While we talk about patience and we talk about long-suffering, and you might be sitting here and saying, I've, I have suffered long. I'm going through a difficult time. God doesn't minimize that. He's in your waiting. He's in your pain. But he's also very patient with us. He waits for us. He waits to see if you'll incline your heart to him. And I'm going to ask you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. Because I know that it doesn't matter if we come to church every week. Sometimes that's all we're doing. Sometimes all we're doing is coming to church every week and we're trying to survive. And praise God that you're coming to church every week and trying to survive. But God wants more than that. He wants to give you the strength that you need for this journey. He wants to give you the endurance that you need for this life. And so if you're here today and you've never, ever, ever made that decision, or maybe you have and you've changed your mind, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it looks like for you, whether you're watching online, you're in person. I know that God is patient with us. And I know that every day and only today, today is all we have. Tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow's not promised for anyone. And I don't mean any disrespect to anyone, but I just prayed last service with a young lady whose sister died in a fatal car crash yesterday. And she attended this church. And she was weeping right over here, the altar, 9 o'clock service. Very unexpectedly, obviously, car accident. Her sister passed away and she attended this church. And she's a believer, praise God, and she has the hope that one day she'll see her in eternity. But that's long-suffering, and that's pain, and that's arid and dry places. And none of us should ever think that tomorrow's promised because it's not. And Jesus is so patient. He gives us his love. He calls us into his kingdom. He forgives us of our sin. He bore our sicknesses. He bore our infirmities, our sins. 
He said, I'll pay the price. I'll come down from heaven. I'll pay the price and I'll help them. I'll walk them through life and I'll be with them and I'll be their God. I'll be their shepherd, their good shepherd who cares for them and nurtures them. And he waits and he waits and he waits. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you've waited and today's the day that you say, I'm done. I've come to the end of myself. And so with eyes closed and heads bowed, if that's you today, I'm going to ask you that you slip your hand up. Our team has these packets that we give out. And this is for us to disciple you. This is for us to be able to connect with you so that you know that you don't have to go through life alone at all. Number one, Christ is with you, but we're here as a body of Christ to encourage you. And so I want you to join me in this prayer today. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we don't want to rush this moment. Father God, I know that there's so many other things that we could be doing, Lord. And so often, God, we, we want to rush through life, God. We want to rush to the next thing, Lord Jesus. But I pray, God, Lord, for those, my God, who are making that decision to follow you today, Lord, as they slip up their hands at this moment, Father God. Lord, and even if they don't, Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that as we come before you, Lord, hearts surrendered. Lord, we confess with our mouths and believe in our heart that you are Lord that you are the savior of the world. We repent of our sins and we turn to you. We ask that you would be Lord of our lives, that you would make all things new, that the old would be gone and the new would come, that our eternity would be sealed in you, Jesus, that we would no longer live for ourselves, God, but that we would put our confidence and our trust in you. Lord, we need you today. We all need you today and we invite you, Lord. Be Lord of our lives. Be Lord of our families. Be Lord of our homes, Lord Jesus. Have your will and your way in our lives. Lord, we celebrate with those today who have made that decision to follow you, God. You know who they are, Lord Jesus. And I pray, God, as they continue to walk forward in faith, Holy Spirit, that you would give them all they need to continue to do the good work that you've placed in their hands to do, Lord Jesus. God, we celebrate you today, Jesus, the work that you've done in our lives. We celebrate your faithfulness and your goodness in our lives. Lord, and I pray for those who are here today, God, who are feeling, my God, discouraged, who are feeling downcast, my God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would strengthen their hearts. I pray that they would allow you to do the good work in their hearts, Lord, that they would continue to persevere and trust in your goodness and faithfulness, Lord. Lord, you are good and you are faithful, Lord. Glory to Jesus. I'm going to ask everyone to stand up. If you've made a decision to follow Christ today, it's the best decision you've made. Amen? Amen. And we celebrate with you. If you want to come to the altars for prayer, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you want to come up for prayer today before we dismiss, we're going to dismiss in a couple seconds. But if you need prayer, do not leave here without coming up for prayer. We want to pray for you. Our altar team is ready to pray. Whatever you need, God is here to meet that need. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and faithfulness. I pray your blessing 
over this congregation, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would go with them, Father God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue the good work that you've begun in their lives, Lord. And I pray that they would stay firm in you, Lord Jesus, steady in your goodness, steady in your faithfulness, knowing, God, that the good work that you've begun in their lives, my God, you will bring to completion, Lord Jesus. So I pray your blessing over them this week, my God. I pray your blessing over them today as they leave this place, Father God. And we will give you all the glory and all the honor for all that you are doing, Father God, in this world, in our lives, and through your church, Lord Jesus. We praise you and we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you guys, amen.